Emily's going to come and share tonight. Let's give a big round of applause. In the, in the evenings, uh, the, over the next months and into the sort of September, October, we're going to have lots of other people who are going to be given opportunity or invited. Sometimes people might not feel that they're a sp- speakers or, or, or would speak uh, re- regularly, but we're going to want to give more opportunity. We believe that, um, you know, God is speaking in, into our generation and, and uh, our time and um, wants to raise up many others uh, to speak into this generation. It doesn't mean say you have to speak from the platform to do that. We, we, we understand that. But there's something that we want to do. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be given the opportunity to not only speak in the, the evenings, but the evenings is going to be a main opportunity, but also in our mornings as well. So great. So thanks, everyone. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm a little bit nervous. Um, don't, don't clap now. <laughs> um, I'm just, I suppose I'm a little bit nervous because um, what I'm about to talk to you about tonight is something that um, I struggled with a few years ago. And um, I've only come to a point now where I feel like um, that I need to talk about it and testify about what God has done. Um, not because I didn't want to do it back then, but it was quite raw and quite hard for me. So um, bear with me if I get a little bit all over the place and keep checking everything but um yeah so I hope as I take you through a bit of my journey tonight that God will really speak to your heart about your journeys and kind of what he's got for you so I'll give it a go and then <laughs> if all else fails we can have a drink and do whatever we want <laughs> so um I just I want to start um with this um quote I don't know who said it but it says those who leave everything in God's hands will eventually see God's hand in everything and um, this is really quite a, a, a great quote, especially kind of looking back on my life a few years ago because I was at a point where I didn't really see God's hand in everything because of what was happening. The circumstance just kind of overlooked that. And looking back now, I can see where God's hands was in that circumstance. Um, so I'm going to take you right back to the beginning. Um, for those that don't know me, um, I'm Emily. I'm married to Mike. Um, I have two children. Um, I have Lacey who's at the back, and I have a little boy called Reuben. And kind of that's where I want to pick up kind of my testimony to start. Um, so if this works, so um, I'm going to pick up from where my son was born. This is Reuben. He was a very big baby, and um, he was born. He was lovely. He was a healthy baby. Um, we took him home. It was great. Lacey really loved having a, a brother. Um, now, a few months after um, Reuben was born, um, Reuben started to get a um, get poorly quite a lot. Um, he had, um, I was looking back in his baby book the other day, actually, and he worked out that he actually had eight chest infections in his first year of his life, which, um, which actually is quite a lot for a little baby, um, which... Anybody know that's got children that when they're poorly, that's a lot of sleepless nights. Um, that's a lot of um, crying babies and a lot. And, it, and I found that quite difficult. Um, so it, this was kind of the start. Um, we lived in a, a, a lovely two-bedroomed house. And after a while, um, after Ruben was born, we decided that um, because it was two bedrooms, we got a boy and a girl, it was time for us to look for somewhere else for a three-bed so we could, so Reuben could have his own room and um, Lacey could have hers. Um, now, this was um, a really exciting um, chapter in our life. We are really, really excited about it. Um, we got the okay from the mortgage, which is always good, so that we could get a mortgage. And we were like, great, let's start our journey and we're going to do this next chapter of our life. Um, 
Now, as the year went on, um, we'd had loads of viewings on our house, um, but at the same time of that, Reuben was still um, a really a poorly uh, little boy. And um, they, when we were in our house where we were at, there was, there was a circumstance that started to arise around us, um, nothing that involved us, but uh, it involved um, where we lived and actually had quite a big effect um, on our house sale, um, had quite a big effect on my life. Um, I don't feel like it's really appropriate to go in what happened because it's not about disrespecting people, it's about encouraging people. So I'm just going to talk about it as a whole circumstance. Just, um, but, um, but yeah, it was, um, it was quite hard. Um, the house wasn't selling. Um, and this was quite difficult for me because when this circumstance happened around me, um, I started to notice a real change in myself and kind of this kind of anxiety started to build up in me because of what was happening around. Reuben was always ill. Um, work life was a bit stressful. Um, and everything just seemed to, to be building up. So as the year went on, um, Reuben was under then two consultants because um, after his chest infections happened, they kept on happening, he then moved on to tonsillitis, which which was frustrating because he was always poorly, he was always ill, he was always crying, he was up most nights and stuff like that. So this this anxiety started to build up in me, and um, especially with the stuff that um, involved around where we lived. Um, but it got to 2014, and I thought, we'd had about 20 viewings on our house, but I was like, right, this is going to be our year. You know, I'm going to be positive. God is going to sell our house this year. Reuben is going to be better. We're going to, he's going to be absolutely great, and it's going to be great. But it kind of tipped itself on his head, and um, Reuben's health was going even more downhill. We got to a point where Reuben seemed to have, he seemed to have a tonsillitis. He used to get rid of the antibiotics, and then as soon as the antibiotics are finished, three or four days later, his tonsillitis would return, and it just. And we kept on going back to the doctors, and they were saying, well, to, there's a thing where you have to have it so many times before they'll even consider taking it out. So we even had to go through it at least seven times before they'd even consider it, um, which was difficult. So this, this, whole, this whole, like, exciting part of my journey that seemed so exciting at the beginning actually felt like it was becoming a bit of a chaotic mess. And, like, my relationship with God, I was just like, God, kind of, what are you doing, like... Um, I have to look at my little boy every every night and see him crying. And why why do I have to go through this? And why because of this this circumstance around me that's happening that isn't even involving me? Why is this affecting me? And why why is this affecting our house sale and things like that? And I started to become really angry with God because I was like, God, what are you doing? And and people used to come up to me and go, Oh, well, Emily, God's got a plan for you, and 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 it's all going to be great. And I was and I used to think. I know, but I can't see it. I can't see what you're telling me. I cannot see it because of what was happening in the year. So um, so as this anxiety um, started to build upon me, it started, as I said, to have a, a big effect on, on me. And I don't know if any of you have ever had anxiety or suffered with anxiety, but... Um, it kind of starts off quite small and you just feel a little bit worried about stuff. But then for me, it it wasn't about then getting worried about stuff. I'd have, um, I'd be shaking at night, I'd be sweating, I couldn't sleep, I'd be crying, I'd have panic attacks because I was worried all the time. So it wasn't, it started off really small 
and they just started to really escalate and and get really a bit out of control like I, I felt like so I felt like with my anxiety I had to kind of make a choice every day that I wasn't going to let it affect me and and I and I started to say every day right I'm not going to let this what's happening around me this anxiety affect my life and every day I felt like I had to make that decision that that's what I was going to do and some days my anxiety take cook over completely and then other days it was fine but because all this stuff around me was escalating it was I found it really difficult and felt like I was losing a bit of control um so 2014 went by um the house didn't sell um and um Reuben didn't get any better at 2014 and it and it was stressful so I can remember looking back now I can remember kind of looking back at that year and and thinking there were so many times where I would go downstairs and get on my knees and in my in my front room and cry out to God and say God do something and God really challenged me and he used and he used to say Emily you need to pray for these people and I was just like are you kidding me <laughs> like I don't want to pray for these people but I felt really challenged that that is what I had to do and as hard as it was I still needed to do that so so, so God was challenging me on this and I was like why are you challenging me on this when you're not doing anything for me kind of that kind of attitude but I think God really uses us in our hard times to bless others and and kind of I did want that for them. I, you know, I, I did want God to. I did want God to become real to them, and for God to them to know God. So, so yeah, and and I can remember a point as well at, at Christmas time. Um, things were really um, stuff was really kicking off around us where we lived, and I remember having to phone my friend one day and said to her you need to come around now because if you don't come now, I'm going to pass out on the floor because my anxiety was so bad. I said, I've got two children here. My husband was at work. I said, you need to come around quick because I'm scared that I'm going to be on the floor and something's going to happen to the kids. And, and she came around and she sat with me and calmed me down. But me and Mike were getting to the point where because my mental health and my anxiety was so bad, we were Gonna ha- in the next year, we're going to have to make some big decisions about what we were going to do. If our house didn't sell, sell, what we were going to do, and kind of, you know, with Ruben being ill, what what can we do? And um, bless Lacey, she was just still standing in all of this. <laughs> she was just in this in this chaos. But um, so yeah, so so as we went into, we had a bit of hope in the in the Christmas. Um, we received a letter to say that. Um, they were going to take Ruben's tonsils out, um, which was great. I, we were really um, pleased about that. So we were hopeful that in 2015 that, that God was going to do something because we really needed him to come in and do something in this situation because it was just so so hard. And, you know, it did put a strain on mine and Mike's marriage. And it did. I did feel like a rubbish mum all the time and a, and a rubbish friend and all these kind of things. And I know that I didn't want that for my life. I didn't want to feel those things because I wanted to be a good mom and be a good wife and all these things. But I felt like, because my anxiety was so bad that you kind of lose any perspective on anything because your focus is on the anxiety and, and what it's doing. And, and, you know, I'd been to see the doctor and, I'd, you know, and he'd gave me some helpful. I went to see a counsellor for a bit and things like that. But it was still so chaotic and I was still very much like, God, what are you doing? And... And what are you doing in all this? And 
So 2015, we went into it, and Ruben had his operation. Um, he he'd had a sleep, he had like a sleep apnea test a few months before, and it actually revealed that Ruben um, caught out breathing when he slept. So he that's why he'd become more of a priority. And they couldn't really have took them out before too because there was a very high risk of bleeding during the operation because he was so young. But as soon as he hit two, they were like prepared to take them out. So um, when they did take them out, they actually said said to me, Emily, I cannot believe how big his tonsils are. Um, he definitely needed them out, which was a big relief because when you feel like you're pushing for something all the time and you're like, you need to take them out, you need to take them out, you feel like almost like, to them, it's just like, oh, we've just got to have another case of antibiotics or whatever. And, but for me, it was like, he needs to have them out because he cannot keep going through that. Um, so we had them out and um, kind of we were like, great. And they were like, you can, you'll be able to take Ruben home the next day. And when we were in hospital, um, Ruben started being sick. He was started to throw, throw blood and things like that, which is not something um, that he should be doing. So they're like, we need to keep him in. And while he was in hospital, um, he actually caught an infection while he was in there. And I was like, God, are you serious? Kind of like, you know, we saw a bit of hope. And, and now my little boy is lying there. He stopped eating for about, I think it was about five days. He stopped eating and drinking completely. He lost so much weight. And I, and I remember looking at him thinking, my life is getting out of control. Like, I don't feel like anything is happening um and um eventually on day six um this is Ruben he finally ate something a bit of Weetabix <laughs> so uh, but as you can see from that photo um you wouldn't think that was Ruben now because he's quite a big chap um and uh, likes his food <laughs> but um that was Ruben and I stayed with him in in Queens for for six days I didn't and like go out the outside world for six days and as scary as it is to say this in some ways being in hospital with him for six days was a relief for me because I didn't have to go back to the situation that was involved that was going on around where we lived um, and I didn't have to be there when it was all going on and and what was happening so kind of it says I'm just gonna look what my next thing is I don't know what it is okay oh now I've gone too far Oh, there we go. So, um, so we came out of hospital, and, and somebody gave me this this verse. I don't know who it was, but somebody said, "For we know that God works for all good, for the good of all those that love Him." And I can remember actually being told that quite a few times through the two years um, that this was going on. And I remember thinking, "But I can't see it. I can't see that God is working all things out for those that love Him." You know. Me and Mike really pushed into God and really reached out to him. And it felt like every time we were reaching out to him, something else came in the way. And um, so as time went on, my anxiety did get worse, worse than it was before. Um, My work life um, was difficult. Um, At the time, there was a lot of going stuff going on in my work life. and it was a lot of pressure, and it was quite hard for me. And it came to a point where I was just like, actually, um, I need to um, have my notice in for my job, which wasn't ideal because 
we hadn't sold the house um I needed to work I had no job to go into but me and Mike talked about it and we felt like it was the right thing to do um so I handed my so this was about February March time and I handed my notice in on the on the Monday the same day that I handed my notice in on that Monday um we had a viewer on our house um and I got to the point where I was just like yeah another viewer I didn't even like clean the house as well as I normally do, because we'd, I think we must have had over 30 to 40 viewings on our house in two years. And um, I was like, I'm not even going to, they're probably not even going to buy it. Um, and I took this guy around the house really quickly, and literally it was like the quickest viewing ever. And I was just like, I wasn't hopeful whatsoever, you know. Um, and um, we got a phone call the next day, and this guy had made an offer on the house. Well, me and Mike had come to the point where we had, we'd already talked about it before that if we had enough in the house, then we were just going to take it because for my health especially, we needed to get out of the situation that we were in um, for my sake because I was really worried at one point that I was going to end up in hospital because it was that, my anxiety was that bad. Um, so we accepted an offer on our house um, we lost everything. We lost our deposit. We lost loads of money in the house. We sold it for at least 10 grand less than what it was worth. But we knew that we just had to trust God that we, we, we needed to do it for me. And it wasn't about the money. It was about what was right for our family. Um, so we took, that, we took that step and we um, accepted the off on the house um we literally like we literally moved out the house four days later that we got accepted um accepted the offer because actually that week um was the worst week to be in our house and um when you when you have anxiety um kind of all your emotions come out and all your insecurities enlarge and 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 it was just too much for me. It was just too much. And, I, and we moved in with Mike's brother um, for a bit. And it was, I cannot tell you, the day that we moved into Mike's brother, I felt like I could breathe just for a little bit. I didn't, I, I didn't know what the future held, but I knew, that, I, knew, I knew that God did. It was hard to believe that God was going to do that, but I knew that, that the future did hold something for us. I don't know what that looked like. But it was something we were going to have to do. So, um, so yeah, so we sold the house. This, that Friday, so we, I handed my notice in on the Monday. The house sold on the Tuesday. And on Friday, I got an, an interview for a job, um, which actually came about really randomly because of probably about a year and a half before, I was thinking maybe it's time to move on. And I just applied for... The jobs at the supermarket because I felt like maybe it was time to have a bit of a breather to really think about where I wanted to go and this was like a year and a half before probably um, and then I got an interview for, for Tesco which was completely out of the blue on that Friday and I, they wanted me to interview me on the Monday so I went for an interview on the Monday and literally by the end of that month I'd left my own job I literally started my new job um, so I didn't have a month where we didn't have any income because it all just seemed to fit into place. And I started to feel like that actually maybe God had, had got, got us in hand, even though I couldn't 
couldn't perhaps see it. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it at the time. Um, I was so angry with God. Um, my relationship with God has completely broken down. I'd lost any faith in that everything, anything was ever going to happen. Um, so, so yeah, so that, so that kind of, so the journey, so the journey went on and we moved in with Mark's brother for a bit, but then, um, circumstance happened with them where we had to move out. So we moved in with the lovely Ben and Ruth and we had a great time, (laughs) can I just say, I didn't want to leave. Um, but, um, me and Mike had chatted and we knew that where we were staying, it was only temporary and it wasn't the right thing to keep moving the kids around all the time. It was unsettling for them. Um, it was unsettling for us. We needed to kind of get back on track with what we wanted to do. So we made a decision. It, looking back now, it's a completely outrageous decision. We probably shouldn't have done this. But we just said, right then, we're going to look at every house on this day that, that's on the market that we can afford. We're going to look at them all today. And by the end of the day, we're going to make a decision. And it was a bit like, now I would never do that. Like, you need time to think about it, kind of. So we looked at all these houses. Um, some were really good, some wasn't. I mean, we started off um, with the house that we're in now. And we looked around the others and nothing really compared to it. Um, and it's such a lovely house um, that we've got now. And, we're, and like, I feel totally blessed that we've got a really big three-bedroomed house. We've got a garden. I love gardening. Um, and kind of, we have have this beautiful house. And, and God really pulled through. Everything with our old house went through really quickly. And everything with our new house um, went really quickly. And literally, we went to Ben and Ruth's probably about the start of July time, maybe end of June, July. And we were literally in our new house by the end of August. Um so, kind of, that is my journey. Um, now, you're probably thinking, why have I told you that kind of thing? But it, is, it has taken me a good few years to get over and to allow God to heal me of the stuff that, that went on through that time. And when I was um, kind of, I suppose the reason why I'm telling testament testimony tonight is because I I went to Andrew and I said Lord I said I really feel like I'm at a time now where I can testify what God has done and 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 hope that through my testimony that God can help other people especially other people that have got anxiety because anxiety is a really difficult thing and it's really hard to live with and to go through um so um but I thought thought oh is there some points that I could bring out and Here's a few things that I learned along the way. I'm sorry, I'm waffling a bit, aren't I? But <laughs> so um, the first thing, um, my first point, I've got a three-point thing, um, and they all begin with R. And I was really impressed this morning because R. <laughs> Adrian had all the S's this morning. Um, me and John Ims were sitting there trying to guess what the last one was this morning, and we didn't get it. And it's like the most obvious Christian one, isn't it? Sacrifice. But um, no, we didn't get it. So the first one is uh, recognize. I was going to do a transition thing. I might have got to show me it. So all the points will come up, but I'm going to put them up anyway. Um, the first point was, like, I felt like through the whole, whole, whole thing that I went through that I didn't recognize all the promises of God that I was saying to other people actually applied to me. And it's so easy, isn't it, Christians, to reel off the promises but actually not think they're for you. And, like, when I was saying to people... God loves you and God's got a plan and purpose. I really believed it for that person, but I found it harder to believe it for myself. Uh, and maybe that's some of my own insecurities. But I think it's so easy to do. But actually, I know that 
that God is love and he's a friend and he's a healing protector and father and comforter. And he, and he is that to me. He, can, he is that to me and, um, and he is that to everybody else. Um, so that's something I think we all need to kind of recognize that actually all the things that we perhaps say to other people actually apply to us and, and what God has got for us and, and kind of recognizing who God actually is. Um, I think I forgot a little bit of that over the years because God was a lot bigger than my circumstance that I was going through. And I believe that God was crying with me through that time. I believe that, that God was standing with me, he was carrying me and all those things. Oh, now I've done something. So, so yeah. And, um, oh, now I've gone completely off the thing. Hang on. There we go. We're there. Ah, oh, ah, oh, recognize. Um, so, yeah. So, um, so I just want to challenge you that, um, I don't know what circumstances you're going through, but is there characteristics of God that you need to recognize that God is doing in your circumstance right now and that God, you know, God is who, God is who he says he is in the Bible. God is all these things. And maybe for you, you need to recognize that and perhaps say to God, you know, say it out, you know, God, you are my healer and you are my friend and you are these things to me. And I'll kind of allow, allow God just to, to put that in your heart. So, um, that was my first half. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so, the, so reflect, the next R is reflection. And I suppose um, reflection is always good. Um, it's always good to look back on kind of where you've been and where you've come from and where you are now. Um, and um, God really spoke, when I was planning this, God really spoke to me about how his heartbeat for me was always, is always constant and ever flowing, um, even though that mine can be so irregular and so all over the place that it doesn't always beat with God's because when stuff goes on around us, it's like when, you're, when your heart gets beating really fast because of what's happening around you. It's, it's not always heart beating with God, but God's heartbeat is always the same with us. So, um, so yeah, so another thing that God taught me in this reflection is that to love others, especially those who seem to be against you. And I felt a lot, a lot of this. But um, like I said before, I think it's really important to pray for people that, that who seem against us or pray for people that do hurt us or pray for people we don't even know. I think it's, there's something powerful in, in praying for, for them people. And, you know, everybody matters to God. You know, what I was going through... You know, I matter to God. What was going off around in, in the circumstance at the time, God, God cared about those people and, that, and what they were going through. God cared about them and it mattered to God what they were going through. So it was a real challenge. And, it, and it's a challenge for me now, you know, not with that circumstance, but every, everywhere I go, you know, is to, to remember that actually what I mean to God is the same as what they, they mean to God. So kind of that's a real challenge. And... Um, God also taught me, taught me to be thankful for what I have because at the end of the day, I've got a beautiful family. Um, I've got loads of great friends and, um, around me. And I'm so blessed, like really blessed. And I'm really blessed for all that, especially all the people that helped me through that time. Uh, I don't think that I could have got it through without the encouragement and the, me coming around crying and screaming or whatever I was doing at the time. But, um, so yeah, kind of. I suppose that's a challenge, isn't it? Just to, just to pray for others, and um, 
Oh, yeah. And this is something Kelsey told me. This. And the reason why I put um, Lacey on here, because when I look back and reflect, I remember a conversation that I had with Lacey in the car. Um, she was very young at the time. She was only about three, maybe, maybe four. And we used to always get in the car, and I used to go, right, Lacey, we've got a house viewer. Let's pray that somebody buys a house. And she must have got fed with me saying all the time. And, and she just turned to me one day and said, Mommy, we've always already asked God to get us a house. We don't need to keep asking him. And it was like now it's like a real challenge, isn't it? Because Lacey's faith was so like, well, we've asked God for it. So why we keep asking him for it? I mean, don't be wrong. I think it's really good to keep persisting praying for stuff. But for her, it was very much like, God's going to give it us. So stop going on about it, Mom. Kind of that kind of thing but it's such a faith of a child isn't it they you know they you you kind of reap what you sow don't you and you you put into these kids all the time and actually she really challenged me for something that perhaps we'd been trying to teach her that you know that when we ask for God he does answer us and things like that so that's a challenge as well isn't it that or a promise just to remember that when we do ask God for stuff he will answer us and it might not always be what we expect but um I didn't expect it to take two years to sell my house, but it did. But I've got an amazing house now, and I've got an amazing community around me. Um, and, um, yeah, it's great. So um, so kind of that's kind of my journey. You know, I've, I've started to realize is that I perhaps need to recognize more and um, kind of reflecting back. And, but now this is, this is where I feel like I am now especially, is in a place of restoration. I feel like God is starting to restore kind of perhaps what I lost in them two years, kind of building up my faith again, kind of there's a lot of a lot of hurt through that time and a lot of healing to be done. I'm, I'm not standing up here saying that I'm completely over them two years um, of what happened and I know that God has done a lot, but also I feel like there's a lot of healing to be done in my life and a lot of restoring. So in Isaiah 58, verse 11, it says this, The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You'll be like a, wa- uh, like a well-watered garden, like every ever-flowing spring. And um, this is my garden. I was, tr- I was trying to think of ways I could bring it in because I love my garden. <laughs> but um do you like my garden? I love my garden. Um but kind of this has been like a really kind of a place where I've actually felt like God speak to me the most is in my garden because there's something about being in the fresh air and about it's so quiet um and it's so, just looking out on God's God, like God's nature and things like that it sounds really gardenish, doesn't it? But um is that even a word? I don't even know that's a word. Um, but for those that are gardeners, we all really enjoy our garden. Um, but I feel like now I need to open my heart and allow God to do some work in me um, and to work in my life to, to kind of just strengthen me and, and to take me on that next step with him. Because um, it's so hard, isn't it, to... Well, it's so easy, isn't it, to let your circumstance completely take over your life and, and not remember who God is. Um, I lost a lot of confidence. I became really insecure. Um, 
And I've been listening to a uh, song recently, and um, it's by House Fires. It's a great album. You should get it, House Fires 3. Um, and there's a song on there, and it says, um, My heart is an open space for you to come and have your way. I'm open. And I feel like I'm kind of getting to that place where I'm saying, God, my heart is open to, to what it is you want to do in me. Um, so kind of, that, that's me kind of coming to a, a close, but I suppose what I wanted to get out of today is really to say to you like that, whatever your circumstance is, God is bigger um, than that, and you might not see it right now. Um, I didn't see it for two years. It was a long two years, but looking back now, back to that, if I go back to that quote that um, I came to earlier, which I can't do because I don't know how to use this, but um, let me get there that those who leave everything in God's hands will eventually see God's hand in everything. And I think if we hold on to that and trust God's hand in everything, we'll see. Because I'm only seeing now, seeing God's hands now in what he did back then, a few years later. Think about if now we look at our circumstances to see where God is now, we perhaps can see, you perhaps can see what God is doing now rather than noticing it a few days, a few years later, whatever. So kind of, that's my challenge. I, I don't know where we're going from here, so I'm going to hand over to Andrew or Adrian or anybody I'd like to take over. Um, I don't know if we wanted to sing a song, perhaps, and maybe we can just think about kind of, maybe we could just think about, is there anywhere we need to recognize where God is? Is it going to be a time of reflection is it over this next however long, kind of reflecting on what God's done? Or are we in a place where actually we want God to restore us? of um, perhaps something we feel like we've lost or if we've lost faith a little bit or whatever whatever that is for us. So um, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand over to the worship team. Um, God, I just want to uh, thank you that um, you're a great God and I want to thank you that you do care about everything in our lives, God, and that you are a big God. And I pray that, um, that as we go from here, God, that we do recognize who you are, God, and we recognize who you are in our circumstances, Jesus. And I pray that whatever that needs to be for each of us, because that will be looked differently to each of us, God. I pray that if people need to know that God is their father or their friend or their healer, I pray that, that this week they recognize that in you, Jesus. And I, and I just really pray for, for those that um, might be in a time of reflection, they might have just gone through a hard time or are going through a hard time. I pray that as they sit back and look, um, what's going on, God, that you'll really um, stir their spirit and, and just really um, open their eyes to see where you are in that circumstance, Jesus. And I, I just pray as well for anybody that feels like they're in a time where they need to be restored. I pray that, God, that you'll just um, be their saviour, God, that you'll really um, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Jesus, that they just feel a real freedom in you, Jesus, that they'll start to feel um, your presence in their life, Jesus. So God, I just want to thank you for what you are doing in our lives and I want to thank you that your hands are in everything and I just really pray that we can see that in your name, Jesus. Amen. I just want to pray this over Em. It's amazing when people go through things and you've never been alone and she's known that, but I just want to pray the word of God over you, Em. Those who go to the Most High for safety will be protected by the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my place of safety and protection. You are my God and I trust you. God will save you from hidden traps, 
from deadly diseases. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you can hide. His truth will be your shield and your protection. You will not fear any danger by night or an arrow during the day. You will not be afraid of diseases that come in the dark or sicknesses that will strike at noon. For at your side a thousand people may die or even ten thousands right beside you. But you will not be hurt. You will only be watched and see the wicked be punished. For the Lord is your protection. You have made God most high your place of safety. Nothing bad will happen to you. No disaster will come to your home. He will put angels in charge of you to watch over you wherever you go. They will catch you in their hands so that you will not hit a foot on a rock. You will walk on lions and cobras, and you will step on strong lions and snakes. The Lord says, Whoever loves me, I will save. I will protect those who know me. They will call to me, and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them, and I will honor them. I will give them a long, full life, for they will see how I can save. It's great to see you. Amen. I think it, in terms of response to what Emily shared tonight and just your vulnerability and openness, Emily, in sharing, it's just been really refreshing. And just to be praying over each other's lives. And Emily said she actually loves gardening. <laughs> she was at the Gardening World show the other week, weren't you? Was it last week, week before? It's great. But I'm, I'm also reminded in what you shared, Em, that, that Jesus said that father, our, his father, our father, is the gardener. And uh, it, as, he, as Jesus kind of talked about how Father God is the gardener and how he prunes our lives, that there was another R that he mentioned, and, and it was the, uh, remaining in his love. And Jesus said, don't, don't re-, he didn't say remain in control or remain in full understanding of what's going off in circumstance. He just said remain in my love. And, and uh, one thing I'd say about Em is that through all this, she's just... And in the, you know, trying to understand things that she remained in, in God's love. And, and I think that is the perfect place for us to be wherever we find ourselves right now in our lives, just remaining in his love and uh, knowing that, that Father God is the, the master gardener and he prunes and he shapes and he brings beautiful things out of our lives that we can't always comprehend at the time. So I think it'd be great, and I'm going to mix things up a little bit so forgive me. No, don't forgive me, because I think it'll be good. If maybe each of us could find someone from the opposite side of the room, maybe that we're getting to fours, so two, two from this side join, two from this side, and likewise, so that we're mixing things up a little bit. It'd be good to do. And I think it'd just be good to pray. Maybe in those small groups we can be open, praying for restoration. If we want to see God restoration, God's restoration in our family and finance and health. Maybe it's to do with 
recognizing who God is and speaking out his promises over each other tonight and prophetically speaking. So it'd be great to do that. So um, can we do that? It might, right, let's just stand up. might mean that we move. Find someone else on the opposite side of the room, perhaps get into twos or fours. And let's just begin to pray over one another and about just remaining in his God, God's love, Father God's love. And maybe we're desperate to see restoration, restoration in our family's life. Oh, Jesus. Pray that this will be a place of freedom and liberty and remaining in your love tonight. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.